Welcome to Beyond Parking, a Parking Logics podcast about parking technology and how it affects the world beyond the parking spot. Today, we have two of our favorite people coming back to join us from the East Coast, University of Delaware. We have Ben Fomachan, and down to the Southwest, we got Matt Penny from Baylor University, representing huge this year in the NCAA tournament. Matt, Bond, say hello and welcome to our Parking Logics uh, viewers and or listeners. Howdy, everybody. Good to be here. Hi, everybody. That's very good. So this is me with far too much coffee this morning, but I want to let you guys know we got a high energy going on today. Now that we feel that we're coming out of this COVID, places are starting to open, mask mandates are being lifted, people are planning to return to school. We're seeing enhanced enrollment, even across new schools and people lining up. And so what we're going to do today is talk about some of the things, some of the key themes that have happened this year, challenges, innovations, where we are, new ideas, but kind of bring down to the basics of the humans and the people behind all of this. How would you feel that your school did in terms of communication largely with the students and your team and how that changed through the year? Hey, uh, Baylor did really good. Um, one of the things of, of a university campus is it's a lot of silos. So you, you've got the chemistry department and they do their thing. And then you got the history department and they do their thing. And then you've got the parking department. And we do our thing. Um, in parking, we reach out to, we touch all of those. Everybody had used to need to come to campus to park. Um, I think Baylor did great, uh, especially our ITS department. They came in and immediately ramped us up so that we were able to do things like that, especially our students, and they were able to uh, attend classes online. I, I think we sometimes uh, underestimate the amount of effort that was was needed to, to get all these students and professors online. I mean, we went totally online when this thing started, and they did a great job of that. I one of the things I observed is, is uh, in a university set up like that, it was hard to get things moving because the, the communication gap showed up. And so every group in their silo started working in their silos first, and they got their silo moving. The challenge for that as we start to come out of it, I see, is we're still a little siloed up here at Baylor. And so this department or division is still going. They finally got their momentum, and now we got to reconnect to make sure that we're not bumping into each other. So uh, they did great. I see some challenges as as we kind of come out of it. And how do these groups that found a way to communicate internally, how do we get communicated across campus like we need to going forward? And was email the main use of communication across everything? Or did you guys actually invest or try new things, uh, chat groups, you know, uh, everyone's using different apps. But I, just in terms of your team, what kind of stuff did you use? Uh, so Baylor went with primarily Teams, which is a Microsoft product, and uh, that worked out very well. It took a little getting used to, uh, but it was very good for getting in touch with people who are working at home, but you don't have a cell phone number. Uh, right. So there are a lot of people, particularly in the budget office, that I know them and I have their email, but I need to talk to them. But their office office number doesn't work anymore. It doesn't reach them. And so uh, Teams was great uh, for reaching them for a phone call type conversation. Uh, when I didn't have that network of phone numbers, and I wasn't, uh, I wasn't going to get that very easily. But Teams provided it uh, internally on our team. A lot of it was in-person communication. So again, I made a personal effort to go and talk to individuals. Um, I had a time on my hand to go do that, and 
uh, that's how I approached it. And we're a small enough team where that worked. That's perfect. And and to be honest, like that's how you engage and keep them motivated and keep them feel part of the team is that by reaching out to them and managing it. And Bon, talk to us about uh, some of the communication wins or you know experiences at your campus. So it's interesting that Matt talked about silo because I mean we uh, the university environment is infamous for everyone being in their own silo. You know they just see their lane in front of them and nothing else to the left or to the right. Um, and we found that we being the administration found that because people were so concentrated in their silo, sometimes they didn't notice that we had people that were either laid off or retired during the whole pandemic. And so we were missing pieces. Um, it forced everyone to take a step back and really take a hard look at who's in charge of what, um, Who's new, who is now responsible, for example, for IT security? Who's responsible for contracts? Where are our contracts? Those hard questions had to be asked because if, before a long time ago, the university was such a big, large institution. It's always There was always an assumption that um, there were processes in place in case someone uh, left, that someone else would pick up the pieces and we found that we were missing that i think uh we reached out to you guys a while back josh about a whole um security audit just to see you know where what does our contract look like what does the security for your product looks like and that was the result of us discovering that there were missing pieces um right but this so in a way the pandemic was a good thing it gave us pause to go back look at the organization and make sure that we had a strong foundation strong base moving forward um we started incorporating a lot of things into um, the way we do business and we plan to keep on using them moving forward. For example, we use Zoom because that's what the academic side of the house use for communication. So now instead of calling to an office and speaking to a person on the phone, we find that we can actually use Zoom and we're actually looking at the possibility of making Zoom available after business hours for customer service needs or other issues. Um, we use Teams and we're communicating with the um, administrative and the uh, the physical plant side of the house so so that's great because you need to first of all like bring in these tools to allow bridging these divides or digital divides allowing people access when there isn't access to buildings and creating that did you change it all call it the the timing the frequency the regularity of meetings with your team you know obviously when some things were closed at the beginning but then as it went did you find yourself setting up more or less meetings from there? We actually went with less meetings as a result because once um, it's just like, I guess, when you're everyone's working remotely for the first time. I was watching my wife when she started working remotely for the first time. She kept on moving the monitor around, the laptop around, you know, trying to get that once she was comfortable with it. That's when she really got in the groove and she hit her stride. It was the same with us. We were, we, were, we had frequent meetings twice a day, every day for the first month. If it wasn't with staff, it was with um, my managers just to see where we're at, what we're doing. But as we got more comfortable and as we developed a groove and a rhythm, we need these meetings less and less and less. And now we're back to our once a week staff meeting, once a week supervisor meetings, pre-pandemic. Okay. Do you think in terms of your communication or meeting schedule or how you work with your teams, 
what are best practices maybe that you created over the past 12 months that or innovations that you think you'd bring in to continue amongst a non-COVID campus? So one of the important pieces of foundation we have is because we still have a mix of a team that is remote and in field. Mm -hmm. Creating team notes and making sure those notes are available to anyone uh, on a shared drive. So that way, if something was discussed in a full-time staff meeting where all everyone is there, those notes are there for them to see. So then that way they can refer to it later on. So there's no doubt um, if we have a discussion on policy, you know, I can just jump in and go, look, this is what we talked about. These are the notes from last time. That's what we're going to go with. Versus and in terms of that. And when you said teams though, like, do you mean like Microsoft teams by keeping the documents up there with questions and the conversations there? We actually use a uh, Microsoft uh, SharePoint. And Matt, uh, what about yourself in terms of your teams? What do you think that maybe you'll keep from COVID in terms of, you know, meeting processes or things like that, that worked for you and is actually better than it was before potentially? I, I actually love what Bon was saying. Uh, one of the things that we had is a challenge with is having those, those meetings with all staff, like, Hey, let's all get together and let's have our training on this. Um, either because of space or because of timing, uh, because of remote uh, officing, things like that, we weren't able to do that. Um, and so training became very tough. So if we found an adjustment that we needed to make, we, we struggled with it a little bit. Uh, I love the idea of keeping the notes um, and, and, and doing meetings like that. What our team is small enough now that it became a lot of individual meetings. Uh, I don't think that's a model that we want to keep going forward because, uh, uh, again, sometimes somebody asks a great question in, in uh, one of those small sessions, and that's, that needs to be heard by everybody. But I've, I've already done four meetings, and I need to do four more, and so now I'm right in the middle, and so how do I go back and, and tell the others? Um, we, we struggled a little bit with that. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Is there, is there something we're going to keep from it uh, coming out? Um, I like the personal conversations. Uh, I, I miss the group meetings. Uh, probably the notes on it. Bon, I love that idea. I'm going to steal from you uh, on the fly here. So good stuff. And then actually where I want to go to is, is let's look at two big things coming up. So one, let's talk about your budgets. This is no fun. But are they crushed or are they okay? So I'd spoken to some city managers last year said, you know what, our budgets are actually okay. 95% of my revenues were monthly parking and contract. They didn't give up their spaces because they wanted to reserve their space for a year. So they paid for eight, nine months and now they're back. Whereas other places were devastated. Where are you guys at? And I'll let anyone of you go first if you wanna share. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in on this. So um, Baylor overall is doing great. Uh, Baylor Parking Services, we are not designed as an auxiliary. And so what that means is we don't have to, uh, we're funded by the university, a line item funding. funding a and cost we center, to, I think yeah, our accountants call it. We don't have to bring in the revenue to keep everything operating, which in this case is very nice. Uh, mm -hmm. Baylor's got kind of a rural feel to it. So uh, it's, uh, it's interesting talking to places uh, that are really good auxiliaries because when you're a really good auxiliary program, what you do is you you uh, you get every dime you can out of the parking uh, industry, and you you learn how to maximize the revenue from from parking generation on your campus. 
those universities are hurting. And every time I talk to them, they tell us why is because they're so efficient at, at, at uh, monetizing the parking that now what's happened is when it disappeared, they really got hurt because they were so good at what they did. Uh, for Baylor, that's not the case because we're not that auxiliary. We're not, uh, we're not monetized like that. And so we're okay. Uh, Budget-wise, I got to tell you the one the one concern I've got on budget, and uh, Baylor has been a growth in project. And am I going to have to convince them that it's of its value for us? Right. So it's like the the bigger things. So on a day to day, your operational needs are likely to be met without concern in terms of budgets. They're there to support you and grow. But it's these other kind of I don't want to say add-ons or you know auxiliary kind of services or benefits that you would get that might be more impacted by budgets. As people to say is that, you know, you don't really need to go show this year. Let's just save that money. As opposed to actually thinking about this, well, actually Matt still needs to go to that show to meet with other university managers, to share ideas and to do this because that's part of his job. And bringing those experiences back to campus is how the campus gets better. And then the question is, is how do you sell it, right? You know, how do you sell it up and whether or not whether or not they'd listen, you know what I mean? Like, that's a big thing. You can sell it as well as you want, but they might not listen. And so, Bon, how has your budget been going? Has it been impacted and uh, looking for this year? Oh, we are crushed. Um, we we monetize parking just because at the end of the day, um, someone actually gave a pretty good example a while back. You know, um, if you guys want to have a pizza party, only the people who are eating the pizza should pay for the pizza. You know, it shouldn't be free to anybody <laughs> unless you're paying for that pizza. Uh, unfortunately, though, um, we had a pretty good reserve, which got raided to keep other departments afloat. Um, and they're asking us to borrow some more of that money that we made this previous this year, this year, just to keep other those other departments afloat for the next year or two. And then we can have our money back. We think. But. But that, you know what's interesting is that creates an internal conflict potentially between silos in the university, right? Like if you guys were to budget that money and allocate that we had this reserve for $1.2 million, we were looking at doing fixed LPR or this or that or these innovations. And then all of a sudden they start taking this money away and then you can't do that. From your perspective in parking, it's probably the worst thing ever. But if you go, you know, a few levels above in terms of the university administration is, is they probably say, this is what I have to do because I have to maximize the use of the funds that we have to accommodate different priorities. And, it, and it, I, I, has it created challenges or conflict between departments or are you guys kind of saying, okay, but uh, yeah, no, I understand that conflict. And then what about for next year, Bon? Like, do you guys see enrollment up? Do you guys think it's going to be a banner a year? What are people saying? How are things feeling? So it's funny that you asked asked me that question because um, we submitted our budget back in February to be approved for August one because uh, we go by academic year, and um, I actually got approval to bring back part timers, but for stuff like travel and conferences, technology upgrades, that's all on hold for now unless it's unless it's absolutely necessary. I think the word they said was if the garage is going to fall apart tomorrow. Yes, you can have the money, but if it's not, let's hold off. Um, so only if someone's going to die if a piece of concrete hits them that there's money for it, but anything else, probably not. We got we to gotta hold off, and they told me earliest would, would be fall of 2022. 
2022 or spring of 2023 is when we can start looking at normal again for our budget. Um, our enrollment, though, is up for the fall semester. It's not as high as it was in previous years, but we have enough students coming in where they start bringing back staff as a result. Awesome. Great. And Matt, what are you guys looking to for the fall term uh, guns blaze? Look, you guys, obviously you have a little bit of uh, good uh, goodwill coming out now from some uh, nice championship. I, I don't know if that increases enrollment. Uh, absolutely. Uh, so Baylor is looking at, uh, we are going to be fully in person. Uh, we're going to be back to pre-COVID numbers. Uh, and that's going to be very interesting. Uh, we've had talks around our office. We think we're in for a hard, a hard fall. Uh, and the reason I say that is, is I think there are a couple things going on. I think you've got a trend out there where, where for so many years we've been like, hey, don't do single occupancy vehicles. Use mass transit, uh, car share, you know, ride your bike, do some other things. And for a year and a half now, what's happened is people have gone back to single occupancy vehicles when they're traveling somewhere. And we think we're going we're, we're gonna to get hit with that. Uh, so there's one thing. The other thing is uh, we've made a lot of exceptions, at least here on the Baylor campus, of uh, there was parking availability. And so, hey, can I do this special thing, which every other year would be a no. You need to obey the rules. The rules are here for a purpose to keep us moving. We've made a lot of exceptions over the last year and a half for sure. Uh, and so when we get, go back to uh, a full year, and the other thing that makes uh, a challenge for any university campus is all the events. So you've got a normal class day, which is hard enough, and then you throw in hey, we've got an event with 200 people coming for a luncheon at, at uh, 11 o'clock in, in the middle of the day. We've got all those things that haven't happened in a year and a half, and they're, they're, they're coming this fall. And I think it's going to be a little challenging for us to get back to, to normal here at Baylor. Also, what is normal anymore? Right? <laughs> I mean, this is, <laughs> it's like, uh, so one of the things that we've been uh, – uh, hypothesizing or whatever thinking about is whether or not universities are going to get like a, a double freshman cohort in terms of parking. Meaning is, is you had last year, everyone who didn't get a parking pass. So some schools say they, don't, they never offer parking to first years and it's only sophomores that get parking. But the thing is you have sophomores from last year who are now going to be third year, their first time parking, plus people who started freshman last year who are now also going to be sophomores, but IE potentially twice as many people with the first time having parking privileges on campus. And what does that create in terms of bottlenecks or lineups at the office or getting permits? Or is it just simple and it doesn't matter? Well, for us, I mean, uh, we, we've always been virtual in regards to permit uh, registration. Um, but there, I agree, there's, there's, you're going to see a bottleneck. In fact, enforcement will probably see within the first two months um, an increase in citations written. I mean, we saw that for this spring for the small number we had. I mean, one week alone, I must have wrote 300 tickets. Um, gotcha. But you get now it's like, on the number of just kidding. You wouldn't get commission on that or quotas. Uh, no, that'd be crazy, but go ahead. No, I just go out there just so my guys could see that, you know, there are tickets out there to be written. But I mean, but this week alone, I was only out there for about an hour and Compared to that, I only wrote four tickets in an hour versus, you know, I'm, I'm writing 20, 25 in an hour. So 
a big difference between the two. But we're we're gonna we're gonna see that definitely for this fall coming up. It's an education piece. It's gonna be always gonna be the first month, month and a half. But as campus starts to return to normal, the students will learn. They'll pass the messages on to their friend. Um, we're learning to be smarter to communicate to our students. We don't we we tweet, but you know, Twitter's for complaints. It's more like Instagram, Discord, those channels. Very cool. And Matt? Uh, our tickets, uh, they've definitely been down. Uh, what was interesting is, uh, so we're not, not writing near as many tickets. Uh, had to have, a, again, not being an auxiliary, had to have a conversation with our budget office. We were like, hey, your, uh, your ticket revenue is down. I had to explain that that parking citations were uh, uh, related to parking frustration. And so when there's plenty of places to park, there's not frustration to go somewhere else and park where you shouldn't. Uh, and so that's been interesting. One of the things that we found is uh, here at Baylor, we, we void a lot of tickets because we have free visitor parking. And what we found now is without events, without visitors coming to campus that uh, our collection rate on those citations or our non-void void rate, depending on how you want to look at it, is much higher. And so even though we wrote fewer tickets, uh, we're collecting uh, money on more of them because they're, they're good tickets. They're Or bad parkers, like really bad in that kind yes, of way. Yes, not related to visitor parking, correct. Okay. Well, guys, look. I really appreciate you coming back here to spend some time with us at Parking Logics. You guys are our favorite people, some of our favorite university people, and also amazing panelists because you guys have diversified campuses, big, complex, different demand factors, pull, political environments. And for guys like us who are parking nerds, this is the best. And I think you guys have some of the best jobs out there because you get to deal with parkers and students. And if I had the choice, I would love to, I would rather still be at school right now. I know it's different when you work at school from being at school. So on behalf of Parking Logics, thank you once again for joining us. Thanks for listening to the Beyond Parking Podcast. Take a minute to subscribe and never miss an episode as we continue to explore the world of parking technology and how it affects the world around us.